Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I am Jamie Hill. Hi, everybody. Hi, Shannon. Hello, Jamie. Wow. Uh, so happy to be here with all of you. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, mm-hmm. Later on in this episode, we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving-related stuff. Yeah. Because wouldn't that be nice? We've been so serious lately. Very serious. Well, there have been lots of serious things to talk about. So serious. Yeah, and we're very earnest around this house, in case you didn't realize <laughs> that, people. And so if there's something serious to talk about, you know we're going to talk about it. We're not just going to let it like go under the rug. Fester, yeah. turn into some the, weird cancer. Welcome to the Ernest Stars podcast. Ernest Stars. <laughs> Not quite as inspiring uh, a name, but yeah, I, I like know. it. It's very sweet. <laughs> yeah. So uh, people, Misfit Stars is not just a podcast, it's a way of life. Oh my, whoa, I, I did not expect that. I didn't either, it just came out of my mouth. Okay. It sounded a little ominous. Let me roll that back okay. a little bit. <laughs> Misfit Stars isn't just a podcast, people. It's, uh, it's a couple of other things as well. It's also a uh, support community for me and Shannon. I'll get right to that. Here's what it that sure means. sure is. We have a... Uh, subscription kind of thing. It's like a monthly small dollar thing that a bunch of people have decided to pitch into uh, in that small dollar kind of way to help support us uh, through this pandemic. It's a patronage subscription. Yeah. Yeah, and we we definitely like, you know, this has been a major part of us getting through the pandemic, yep. but it's also, we've been, we, we were doing patronage subscriptions before the pandemic too. It's yes. really just a way for people to support what we do. Yeah. Like, this is important to me to have in the world. I want to put my... My my support behind it. Mm. This is the way to do that. Yeah, yeah. It, it sure is. Uh, it's also this amazing group of people that has sprung out of that support community. Oh my gosh! And we have centralized that group uh, in this like private Facebook group that we have, and the discussions in there, people, they're amazing. We need more of you in there, uh, <laughs> please. Like people self-select themselves in at this point, like. One to two a month on average. It's a slow pace, and that's fine. The group that's in there right now is amazing, and we're not wanting for anything. I'll tell you what, though. If you've been listening to this podcast, and you have been thinking to yourself, you know, I bet the kind of people that Jamie and Shannon attract into their lives are the kind of people I want to be able to spend more time with in Uh an intentional way, having honest, vulnerable conversations without any pretense or bullshit. Uh You're right. That's true. Uh Uh, You can get yourself in there. Misfitstars.com slash join. You'll be helping us continue to survive and do the things we do in the world. Mm -hmm. And you'll be giving yourself an amazing gift for the holidays as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, This community is amazing. It is. We also have fun in the group. Oh, it's the best. And uh, It's not just Ernest Stars. Yeah. And and besides just the Facebook, group because there are folks who listen who aren't on Facebook. Yep. We have started doing monthly Zoom meetups mm-hmm. with the Misfit Stars and we had our first one a couple weeks ago and it was so great. It was awesome. It was my new favorite thing ever, ever, ever. Yeah. The, was, the monthly acoustic concerts that we do went got bumped down to number two. <laughs> in terms of favorites, yep. you mean? Yeah. In terms totally. of favorite things in my life. Uh, speaking of which, we just did a uh, an acoustic concert and it was wonderful. We had such a good time. It was kind of a reverential sort of almost somber tone, but like in a really nice way. Yeah. It wasn't dour. It was just kind of serious. Yeah. Perhaps unsurprising coming from us. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes our acoustic shows are a little bit more like goofy or whatever, you know, yeah. more lighthearted in tone. This one, it was it was more serious. It was really nice. It's on Shannon's Facebook page, facebook.com slash Shannon K. Curtis. So if you just scroll down to the posts from Sunday and you look for it, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Saturday was this week. That's right. Yes. Uh, you can watch an entire hour and 20 minute long concert. It was mm-hmm. really fun. I play piano. Shannon sings. Yeah. Uh, we talk about things. <laughs> it's great. Love it. It was great. It was mm-hmm. really fun. So misfitstars.com slash join. Yeah. Get yourself in is there. how you get yourself into this group. And I, I can say with absolute confidence that uh, as soon as you do get yourself into this group, 
Our existing Misfit stars will welcome you with wide open arms and will love to get to know you. You will be embraced. You will. Yeah. You will. Do you have any announcements, Shannon? <gasps> announcements, announcements, announcements. Oh, oh, you did it kind of like Mae West. I did. <laughs> that was nice. It was a 40s <laughs> announcement. That's good. Great. Yeah. It's a 60s sentiment that Shannon learned in the 80s that she just delivered to you as though it were from the 40s. It's a nice little. Announcements. Yeah. yeah like she the, has a top hat and a cane. Yeah. It's was, like the Hello, My Baby, Hello, My Darling, Dance and Frog version yeah. of this song. There's a trombone at the end going. <laughs> wow, that's a pretty yeah. good trombone, sweetheart. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Anyway, so announcements. Mm -hmm. uh, I only have one announcement oh. this week. Uh, and it's it's kind of like a pre-announcement. I haven't really like gone totally public with this this season yet. Is this a teaser? It's kind of a teaser pre and like it's a, it's a you heard it here first announcement. Oh. Um, so every every uh, holiday season, um, I put the word out that I'm available to do uh, to write personal songs for people as gifts for the holidays. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, these are things I do year round, yep. but at the holidays is the time when I kind of like put out a shingle for it and be like, hey, here's the thing I do. Because it's, it's a gift giving time and it it's is, a great gift. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to mention it here. I have I have room in my schedule to do uh, a few of these this yeah. season. Two or I three already, maybe. I already have a couple on my docket. So I, you know, I, I don't have infinite time to do this, yep. but I do have time to do a few more, and I would love to do this for you if it's something that is piquing your interest. Uh, basically, it's a, a personal song is this. I, I interview you uh, about the person that you're going to be giving this song to. Yeah. You know, as a, they're, they're oftentimes given as gifts. It could be a spouse. It could be a loved one. It could be a best friend from childhood. It could be a kid. Mm -hmm. It could be written in memoriam for someone you love dearly who's passed on to honor their memory. Uh -huh. Lots of I've different uses for these songs. Exactly that, yeah. I just finished one a couple weeks ago that was uh, a woman giving a gift to her parents for an anniversary gift, you know. And the so, song was great too. Yeah, so it, it turned out really good. Yeah. Um, but the point is, if there's somebody special in your life that you, you know, are struggling with what to give them and you want to give them something meaningful, uh, this is a really meaningful gift. Like this is, it could be, basically because it's your, it's, I, I ask you questions about the person and why you love them and what you want to communicate. So it's really your stories and your feelings and your experiences filtered through my songwriting ability. <laughs> and sung with Shannon's voice, and which is not to be discounted. She would never say it herself, Thanks. but it's not like it's some hack singing this song. It's freaking Shannon Curtis. <laughs> but really the meaningful part of it though is that when you give this gift to your loved one, it's going to be a presentation of your thoughts and feelings about them and the stories that you share in common. And it is truly a meaningful, a meaningful thing. So if you're interested in this, um, I can send you information about pricing and how the process works more specifically. You just need to send me a message and I will send you the information. Yeah. You can uh, email me at skc at shannoncurtis.net and I will see you there. Yeah, That's my only announcement. My dad had this sort of theory when we were kids that like, you know, when you're giving Christmas gifts, there had to be like one big gift. It was oh, like the yeah. home run gift. It, yeah. You gave it last and it was like the wow gift, right? Yeah, yeah. He always had a wow gift for my mom. She tried to have one for us. It was Aww. that kind of thing, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, like the year I got a boombox, the boombox was the last gift. It was the oh, wow gift. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Or if there was a tape that they really knew I wanted, oh, that, that tape would be last. Oh, that was the wow gift. Yeah, exactly. It really, like, it depended, you know, it changed year mm -hmm. by year, but it was always a the thing they thought I'd be the most excited for, you yeah. know? 
So people, if you're looking for a wow gift for your partner, maybe mm. you need, maybe you too have that kind of gift-giving hierarchy in your life. And, <laughs> and like Shannon and me are at an age where it's harder and harder to find gifts for people. You're like, we just get the things we want now. And we also, we don't need much anymore we because much, we're in our 40s. We don't need much stuff. Yeah, we yeah. don't need things that much no. these days. But like the sentiment still matters. Oh, yeah. So if you're in that position, need to give a wow gift, having trouble figuring it out, this is the wow gift. It really is. Yeah. I mean, the only the only downside is that you're never going to get a better wow gift from here for the rest of your life. True, like you're like you're really cashing it in here. You could do <laughs> you could do an acoustic song this year, and then in like three or four or five years, you could do a full production song. That's one with like all the instruments, so it's kind of bigger sounding. That's really the only escalation you can do. That's super interesting. Yeah, yeah. So very. there's it's like a two step escalatory process. In fact, Shannon has done this thing for one other person before. Like back in the day, we put out a shingle to do uh, like as a fundraiser thing to do like a family album quote unquote where she would write five songs that's true like a little mini album about your loved one's life Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. so five individual songs about different aspects and then that was the EP version and then there was like the full length 10 song version so really it's a four step thing it's true yeah you could really just get on a 10 year cycle and and end up with a full album about your loved ones at the end of it all yep (laughs) Could be really cool. I love it. So put a pin in that, there you wealthy go. listeners. <laughs> right. So, uh, so uh, feelings. How are you feelings. feeling? How are you feeling today, Jamie? We don't really have a feelings theme song, do we? We don't. But it could be this. What? Feelings. Oh, that's nice. It's what very, was yours going to be? Um, mine was going to be pretty similar. It was yeah. like it was kind of like a feelings. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> That feels more optimistic. I like it. That's good. Oh, that's good. How are you feeling today? I feel good today. That's good. Uh, yeah, thanks for asking. Um, and you know, I feel good today in large part because you and I had a wonderful relationship conversation yesterday. We did. Yes, we did. Um, and it was, you know, people, you know how sometimes you try to start a relationship conversation with your partner and it and it derails? It goes south immediately. Yeah. And just ends up in like three weeks of simmering resentment and bitterness. <laughs> Until finally one of you gets gets your head out of your ass. <laughs> this was not that. No. Uh, this was exactly the opposite. This was, uh, hey, can we talk? And we talked and it was lovely. Yeah. It was a really good conversation that I think we did really well. And I, I think we ended up at a better place at the end of it than we were before it happened. I agree. I love it. Me too. It's great. And I've been kind of just like, I woke up sort of basking in that nice oh, feeling of that. Yeah, I did too. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really talked about it, but that's cool. Uh-huh. Um, everything else is fine. Uh, I am deep now into working on mixing this wonderful Chris Bathgate record. Uh, and it's just great. There's so much neat stuff in there. Mm-hmm. This is one of those records where it's almost like doing a little bit of excavation because this record was recorded on tape, like actual old school 24 mm-hmm. track, like reel to reel tape, mm-hmm. like they used to do up until about 15 years ago when the computer took over. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like, a, it's a different kind of process, you know, it's a way to hearken back to a different style of recording, yeah. you know, it's got a sound about it as well. So uh, they recorded it that way, uh, meaning that I have to kind of be sort of a little bit like an archaeologist when I go in. Like I have the tracks, they have been, they were imported into just a Pro Tools session for me and sent to me. Digital format. Yeah, Yeah. but I mean, all the tracks are labeled Audio 01 through Audio 24. Oh my gosh. You know, and I have track sheets for some of them. That's just a piece of paper that used to exist in a recording studio where you would just write down like for every one of these tracks on the reel-to-reel machine, what's on this one? Track one is the kick drum. Sure. Track two is the snare. That was this last song I did. Those are tracks one and two, exactly. Pretty common way to do it. Um, 
but you know, uh, it, it's it's interesting because there's always other little shrapnely pieces. Like unless you have a really clean engineer, someone who mm. really is good about not like letting this kind of isolating stuff isolating sounds. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. There's always going to be little extra things at the top and the tail of the session, and just little little extra treasures to find. Uh huh. Which is neat because sometimes I can incorporate those in in fun and unexpected ways. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and also there's just artifacts that happen in the recording process when you're recording to tape that you can't examine as much on the tape because you can't mm-hmm. look at them in a computer. But once you can look at them in a computer, you can sort of pull more detail out sometimes. Oh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. There's almost like a forensic uh, thing about yeah, it sometimes. Sure. It's yeah. great. It's really fun for me. So I'm having a great time. The songs are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've really gotten a good groove with it. I feel like... Uh, you know, the first song, the, f- the first time you send a mix for a new record to an artist, it's always like, you're just holding your breath. Like, yeah. am I wildly off the mark? A little bit off the mark? Pretty much on the mark. Yeah. The fr- and the first one I did, I got I got comments back that were as though we were six or seven mixes in. Awesome. It was just like, turn the vocal up one, turn this thing down two. It was just like that. It was that like, feels good, huh? Yeah, like I landed right in the target circle. Maybe not a bullseye, but for sure in the next ring out. You know? <laughs> That's great. It was great. Um, and then like the second one, uh, I'm mixing this record in order because it's a very intentional body of work, mm-hmm. much like you I'm do. I'm a fan. Yeah. Yep, Shannon gets it. <laughs> the process. Yeah, totally. Uh, and so the way I'm doing it also is like, I'm, I'm taking little bits of sonic treatments that I've done in the previous song and importing them into the current song, mm-hmm. but not all of them. And then doing the same thing as I go. So some th- treatments for song one ended up in song two, but not all. Mm-hmm. And then I changed some things. And then some treatments from song two have ended up in song three, but not all. My idea is that it's going to be like one of those like letter substitution games, yeah. you know, like where you start with one word and you end with another word and you have to f- and like in between, like one letter changes each time, but by yeah. the end, it's a totally different word. Yeah. It's, I, I had this idea in my mind that it'll be like that kind of a process where the, the, the idea and the sound of the record will if you listen to it straight through, be cohesive and mm-hmm. related, but like maybe the maybe it'll end up in a different place than mm-hmm. it begins, which for a journey seems to me like a really neat way to approach it. Yeah, totally. You know? Like what will the journey of the, like what will the destination be? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's just like, a, uh, whenever I'm mixing a record, I try to set myself up with some arbitrary like constraints and like constructs and just sure. like little things that I do just for this record, you know, yeah. methodologies, you know, yeah. just so each record for me has its own personality and approach yeah. to differentiate it from, to differentiate Chris's record from your record, for example, right. or from any of the other six records I'm working on right, right. now, you know, um, it's fun. I'm having a great time. And so that, and I also am starting to feel like I'm really being productive, which is great. Good. I badly need time off. I'm starting to really acknowledge that in myself. Yeah. I also, st- because of all the election stuff that we did, had to start this record a- later two, than two you wanted months to. later than I think most people, including myself and also the artist and his record label, were thinking I would. <laughs> right. These are relationships I've had for a long time. So I felt okay to do it. Right. You know, uh, and I got the most empathetic response about it back from the record label guy when I brought him up to speed on the fact that I hadn't quite started the record yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, everything's cool, but it definitely, like, now I have this fire under my butt. I just want to get it done. Yeah. Well, you, know? you are getting it done. And I am, and that all feels good. So to circle back to the point, how am I feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Good. <laughs> good. How are you feeling? I'm doing good. I feel good today. I feel. Um, we had a super rainy day here mm-hmm. today and, uh, I was reflecting about that. Like, you know, some people, you know, talk about the Northwest Pacific Northwest being like, oh, it's so gloomy, all the rain. And I, and I was thinking about that. We had to go out for some errands this afternoon and 
we were out in the thick of it. It was mm-hmm. pouring down. And I'm like, I actually really like this. Like, I don't mind. It doesn't feel gloomy to me. It feels, I don't know, verdant or, you yeah. know, like it's fertile. It, for, yeah. It, I, I, I really, I was really loving it. Um, so, so yeah, that was fun. Just the, the, the rainy day. And, um, I, I've been also working on a, a, a personal song, uh, the last, well, once I finished that one other one we talked about earlier, I started work on the next one on my docket. And it's really been sort of like banging around my head for the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was able to, like I woke up the other morning with like, oh, that's how I start this song. Oh, <laughs> you know, it. like it was one of those, you know, moments when sleep came in real handy. <laughs> Any <laughs> of you who's seen the show that we just finished doing for this year, the Andrew Whisper Becomes a Storm yeah. show, you remember there's that part in there when Shannon's talking about how like sleep is one of her superpowers for songwriting. Like then this is that. Totally. This is exactly that. You Usually she does it with a power nap. She'll just like go down for 20 minutes and yeah. wake up and she'll have the rest of the second verse or whatever. Now, this time it was a full night's sleep. Awesome. Often actually it is uh, like I'll wake up in the morning and my brain's been solving the problem like during the night and I'll wake up with it too. So yeah, it's great. I, you know, um, it, uh, so it's it's really starting to come together, and I am really enjoying working on this song. Um, it's a different, it's a unique kind of situation. Uh, the relationship that I'm writing for, yeah. Um, and so that's that's a fun challenge because it's it's different than than some that I've done in the past. And mm-hmm. so I don't want to give too much away because I don't know who's listening here, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But it, but I'm really enjoying uh, uh, writing this, and and so it feels good to be making progress on Love that. It. Um, and so, yeah, just feelings wise, I, I feel, I feel good. I, I'm I, like you, I loved the, the talk that we got to have last night mm. and, um, you know, just, uh, feeling like, like things are okay. Things are okay. And that feels nice. Yeah. You know, things are okay, at least in my little world, you know, I, there's always stuff to be tackled out there in the great beyond. And obviously I want to be part of that, but you know, in terms of my immediate my immediate experience, it's good. Awesome. I'm doing good. Awesome. Love yeah. It. So uh, last week, what have we gotten into over this last week? Yeah, we had our we had our Facebook Live concert on Saturday night, which was really, really fun. So fun. I mean, you, you mentioned earlier that it was more of a somber kind of show, you know, overall. We had some fun moments, obviously, because we do. It's just... It's fun to do these things, yeah. uh, but there was there were a couple of you know one of the things that we do for our Facebook Live concerts is that we first of all our Misfit Stars community gets to vote on the songs that we're going to play. Misfitstars.com slash join. You can vote too for next month's show. Um, but uh, and we've we've been whittling away. So like the previous month's concerts, the songs that we did in those are not on the ballot. You know, so we're getting into deeper cuts, and it's really fun uh, to see what what. It's like rises. elimination rounds. It is elimination exactly. Yeah. All the obvious ones got kind of culled in the first round, second uh-huh. round, third round. So now, like, I mean, we're going to keep going. Like, Shannon has enough material just on full-length albums mm-hmm. to do, I don't know, 10 we ten months worth of these. Yeah, ten yeah. months. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of them. There's a ton of material. If you count, if you count in the EPs, it's about a full year's worth of material. Yeah, yeah, about, yeah. A, about 120 songs or so you've written. Uh, that we've put out formally yeah. like this and, and many, written and, a lot more and than also that, personal yeah. songs another 80 more so right. you have professionally written about 200 songs in the last like 15 years yeah that's remarkable yeah it's pretty good yeah if there's any uh, budding songwriters listening to this that's how you become a professional songwriter. <laughs> Seriously, write a shitload of songs. Write your ass off. Somewhere in there, you'll get really good at it, and you'll also have a community of people who are interested in it. I think that's off. probably true for just uh, creators of all kinds. Yep. Just 
continue to make more stuff, yeah. whatever it is that you make. Yeah, I make a lot of it. But, um, uh, oh, the concert. The other thing that we do when, when our Misfit Stars vote is that they have an opportunity if they want to share some personal story that connects to one of the songs that they have voted for yeah. and that we will then read that story on the broadcast. Um, and we had a bunch of those this week, um, which was really fun because we get to pull in other people's experiences and, and how they've connected with the songs. And, and that's just really lovely and fun. Yeah. But a couple of those were uh, stories about grief mm-hmm. and about the loss of loved ones and uh, the, the process of grieving and also the process of, of figuring out how to move on yeah. after, you know, the loss. And so because of that, I mean, it, the, the show itself did have more of a somber tone. Yeah. In We had an impromptu in memoriam section in the chat. Yeah, yeah. It people, was lovely. People were able to offer the names of loved ones that they've lost. And, and it was to go back and read afterwards. It was really meaningful to see yeah. people sharing their people, you know. And so, yeah, it was necessarily. supporting each other, and, too. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I was really grateful for for the opportunity to go there, though, yeah. you know. Like, um, I, you know, my, my, my thought about, like, the work that I do, um, you know, there was a time in my life when I understood, when I thought I understood that part of my job as a, as a singer was to entertain people and mm. make them have a good time. And, mm. you know, and I've evolved over the, t- over, over the course of my career to, to an understanding that, that really what I want to be about is somebody who's making, helping people make connections with themselves and with other people. And sometimes that means, often that means getting real and dealing with the harder stuff to deal with, you know, and, and that it's okay to, to, uh, to get, to get somber and to get deep, you know, like that's, that's where a lot of the good stuff is. And I was grateful for the opportunity to do that, especially this week, especially with the news about coronavirus cases, you know, skyrocketing and, um, fricking skyrocketing and the, you know, the, the predicament that healthcare workers are in and the, the way that they are just, just working their butts off to try to, you know, help people in places where they're understaffed and undersupplied. And, and many of them getting sick. Yeah. It's just, you know, I think it was an, it was an appropriate, it's an appropriate time to, to really reflect on what, what human life means to us, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and yes, death is, is one of the most natural things that can happen to a human. It will happen to all of us, you know, but that doesn't make the loss and the grief any more difficult. And it, and it you know, I think that it's easy to look at the, the statistics. That's a hard word for me to say. Look at the statistics. Still hard. Yeah, There's a T in there. I can't do statistics. it. Statistics. I get it. I think I'm, I feel I'm, I'm like Joe Biden sometimes. <laughs> like I, I stutter over things Aww. and I have, I have sticky words. Yeah. Anyway, um, but the, it's easy to look at the stats. The numerical analysis, <laughs> and, if you will. And, and, and look at the numbers of cases and, you know, deaths. And, and it's easy to see those numbers and just think of them as numbers. But I think it's really important for us to keep close touch with the fact that these are human lives, you yeah. know. And, and that it's not just people who lose their lives who are suffering because of this disease this pandemic like the the folks that are having like long-term health you know uh problems as a result of this which seems with early analysis to be roughly a third of people 
somewhere yeah. between a third and a half. Yeah. So let's say a third conservatively, right? Right. Of people who have been infected. And we have what, like 12 and a half million people who have been infected, which means that, you know, conservatively speaking, somewhere on the order of 4 million people are going to have lifelong health and mental wellness yeah. challenges. Yeah. Because apparently a feature of this thing is that you just get random mental wellness problems. Yeah. Yeah, that it affects you. It actually affects your brain chemistry or your brain structure in a way that can can manifest, yeah. you know, mental health challenges. It's really wild. Yeah. So, like, I just think you know, it's it's not like I want to spend time. It's not like I want to like stay in the in the the over. It would be overwhelming to stay in that space of really absorbing the amount of suffering that mm-hmm. people are going through. But I think it's important to stay in touch with it. You know, even if we're not staying there all the time, you know, and um, and I think that uh, just because it's not numbers, it's people, and yeah. and 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 I think it helps us inform the decisions that we're making about how to keep ourselves and each other safe. Yeah. You know, the the those of us who can stay home, you know, uh, not gather with anyone for Thanksgiving, for instance. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I go out for essential errands. Um, and that's it. Period. That's yeah. all we do. And we try to minimize those. We try yep. to pack it in, you know, so that we're getting what we need once and then not have to go back for a couple weeks. Yeah. You know. Trying to go when places are not so crowded. Yeah. You know, get the but, grocery at 9 p.m. as opposed to 5 p.m. So those of us who can do that, you know, like uh, just ma- maintaining a touch, a touch, uh, a touch point with the reality of what people are going through here and, and having a, a moment to really reflect on how this is really making forever impacts in people's lives, yeah. you know, um, isn't, is, it's an important part to keep with us as yeah. we, cause it, it, that, that's what motivates me to act compassionately and yeah. to stay home because I can. And to, when I go out diligently wear a mask, you know, so that I'm protecting those around me, um, and, you know, I think it's probably instructive, you know, because there's an opportunity here with this to zoom out one level and just like look at why the people who are affected are affected. It's class-based. Absolutely. As with almost everything else in this country, you know, poor people are getting completely screwed. You know, yeah. they're the ones whose jobs have been either deemed essential so they can't not go mm-hmm. uh, or have been eliminated Right. right. And either way, they're in an untenable position. It's either like go to work and get sick probably yeah. or, and then bring it home to your family and kill your grandma or your job is eliminated and also there's no unemployment for you. You know? Right, because unemployment is running out. Extended unemployment is running out at the end of this year. Yep, totally. You know, people like, people, you know, the, the the middle and upper classes in America, like, we've already recovered from COVID. All of our jobs have been shifted online, you know? I mean, not all. You can't say all about every single person, but, like, largely speaking, right. you know, people can work from home or, you know, their jobs have not been eliminated because they're more like white-collar jobs and, mm-hmm. you know, those jobs are, th- those industries are continuing on, you know? Yeah. We need to fix this. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. Well, and I said also a second ago that extended unemployment benefits are ending at the end of the year. They don't have to. No. That is something that Congress could do. The, there's been a, a House bill that's been passed since May yep. that would extend, you know, benefits for folks who need it. Yeah. Uh, the and Senate, by the way, the people, Senate's sitting on their hands. And people, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, Democrats are attaching rules to it and that's the reason we can't. Here's the deal. The rule that they're trying to attach is that corporations don't get a pass on 
jeopardizing their workers. Here's, right? Can I can I frame this differently? Yes. The the thing that the that the Republicans in the Senate want to include in the bill that Democrats will not allow them to do is uh, exemption from liability for corporations when their workers get sick because they've gotten sick at work. So Democrat or Republicans want to protect companies uh, to make them not liable. When they when they put their workers in unsafe conditions, mm-hmm. and then those workers then get sick, Republicans want to protect them from that, and Democrats are like, no, actually, no. that's that's companies not a, need to treat their workers well. Actually, yeah, we actually need to ensure that that there's an incentive for companies to actually protect their workers, and we're not going to give them an exemption from liability yeah. in order to just let them go and treat people like yeah. cattle. <laughs> yeah, and I really think that that's valuable, right? Because like, there's this real clear party divide here right now around the idea that workers are expendable humans. Mm. That like their life isn't even worth anything. Like this whole idea that they're just numbers that you touched on earlier, right? (sighs) I really genuinely believe that for people on one side of the aisle, it's just numbers. And if 200,000 more workers die, well, they're just workers. They're widgets. We will make more workers. We have a lot of poor people in this country, right? And I'm proud I'm very proud. The party that you and I are most closely aligned with is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Highly imperfect, in fact. But I'm proud that in this moment, that party is standing up for workers and for workers' rights, Mm -hmm. for workers' inalienable right to be treated not as a widget, but as a human being who's part of a society, part of a family, about people who love them and care about them. Absolutely. I think that's great. With you 100%. Did you see, I'm sorry, we should move on, but did you see... (laughs) Earlier this week, there was a story about, there was a, a, a Tyson food plant, uh, I think it was in, was it in Nebraska or Iowa? Yes, one I of don't the two, remember. can't remember. Um, where there, you know, we learned earlier this year, there were there were like a thousand infections in, yeah. this, in this, manu- this meat plant. Essentially everyone who worked at the plant got sick because the workers, like the poultry, you're packed in side to side on these assembly lines. And you're like, literally, like, uh, it, it's, it's, it, it's like... It's like the I Love Lucy chocolate factory episode where they're just, this assembly line's moving as fast as it possibly can. There's all these humans packed there to try to keep up with and it. And the company did not, they didn't close the plant. They no. didn't institute any safety protocols. Uh, they didn't offer masks or opportunities to social distance. Nope. They did nothing to protect their workers. And of course, all these people got sick and a lot of people died as a result of, their, of, of getting the virus. At the same time this was happening, some upper management at this plant went in on a pool betting how many people were going to get sick at the plant. They, they, they like had a cash. It was a winner take all cash pool. Winner take all cash pool of people betting how many of their workers were going to get sick. Like, just let that sink mm. in for a moment. These are the kinds of people that the, the Senate Republicans want to protect. Yeah. They this want the to protect behavior- them from being responsible for their workers becoming sick. Yeah. Specifically, this is the kind of behavior they want to enable. Right. Let's, like, frame it that yeah, way. Totally. They want to enable this insane monopoly man bullshit. Yeah, it's awful. Sorry to talk about politics, Okay, we, we, we meant to do not that. Yeah, we were. what we were <laughs> intended to talk about was Thanksgiving. Should we take a little break and yeah, then let's cleanse our palates? Let's cleanse And the then uh, when we come back, we'll talk about Thanksgiving stuff. That sounds good. All right, great. See you soon. Back in a sec.
Hey, let's talk about some Thanksgiving stuff. Thanksgiving. So this is going to be a different Thanksgiving for us. And uh, everyone. And everyone, hopefully. Yeah, right? If this Thanksgiving is not different than last year's Thanksgiving, you're not doing things it's right. It's true. I, and listen, seriously, listener, yeah. if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, no, I am going to go hang out with my family, but we're going to be really safe. No. No, you're not. <laughs> no. Cancel your plans. Don't do that. Yeah, I want you to feel guilty about this. Seriously, I wa- think about it right now. If that's you, you need to feel really guilty and you need to change your behavior. Yeah. Sorry, to, sorry to sound like your mom, <laughs> but someone needs to do it. Get your some, act together. Some you. of us are reminding our moms to be safe. Yeah, seriously. We're doing, we're doing the get your act together young lady thing, but to somebody who's 70 years old. Yeah, totally, <sighs> totally. You know, yeah, this, this. I, I read somewhere that, that a couple of days ago that 47% of Americans were still planning to travel for Thanksgiving. I'm like, what are you this, thinking? This 150,000 new cases a day thing is going to seem like a fond memory three oh, weeks from man. now. I'm imagining... 200, 300,000 new cases a day in the middle of December. Let's, let's hope not. I mean, hoping isn't going to do shit. I know. What's going to, what's going to do something. Let's take actions. Yeah. The actions are that, that, uh, we need to make this year different than most years. And for us, you know, Thanksgiving's past have been, uh, we, we typically, well, since we've lived in Washington, we've gone down to, um, uh, California yeah. for Thanksgiving and done Thanksgiving with my mom and uh, yeah. whatever family that, you know, we have there. We also do like a friends gathering with some friends there usually. Shout out to June and Brian <laughs> and the crew. Yeah. Um, and so we're not going to get to do that this year, which is a bummer. Um, but also I'm fine with making that sacrifice. Shannon you know? and I are going to spend Thanksgiving like we spend every other day this year together in our house alone. That's right. Yeah. But I'm going to make a turkey for the first time. Yeah. I've never done a turkey dinner by myself. So I'm making turkey for two. We went hunting and found the smallest turkey. It's under 13 pounds. Yeah. It, it was the smallest one we could find. I believe it's a hen, right? You would have to be to be that small. I guess. I don't know. But, you know, um, I, I was concerned. I was concerned about my mom for Thanksgiving uh, oh, because yeah. she lives by herself and, um, I was I was worried that she was going to be really really bummed yes. that there wasn't going to be any kind of gathering, uh, and and certainly nothing that resembles normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it turns out uh, we've been talking. I, I you know if you've listened to this podcast for very long, you know that I've I've been talking to my mom on the phone every single day since March thirteenth. Every day. So since uh, what a good daughter! Wow. <laughs> pat myself on the back. No, I just I it's it's been a good thing. It's been really good to be able to touch base and be involved in her life in that way. Ever but, since so, uh, total side note, but like I basically didn't talk to my parents the entire time we were doing election volunteering. I literally talked to them like two times yeah. for like in a, like a two month period. Mm-hmm. Like, we see each other on email and stuff like that. So it was like, it wasn't like I was completely MIA, but just yeah. like all of my personal time, yeah. I was spending volunteering with the Wisconsin Democrats. And then like, you know, about a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. I started calling them like pretty much every day. I'm doing mm-hmm. about five times a week now. And yeah, I let them know on like the first or second of those calls, like, so sorry, I haven't been talking to you for two months. It's because I was volunteering all of my time with the Wisconsin Democrats. <laughs> but now that that's done. Now that Joe we, Biden is going to be president. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The team I was on uh, accounted for more than the margin of victory in Wisconsin. 
So anyway, now we can talk again. Yeah. <laughs> but so anyway, but I was, yeah, I was worried about my mom, you know, for Thanksgiving, but we started talking about it like a week or so ago. And, you know, I was mentioning that I was going to maybe make a turkey dinner and she just like lit up. She's like, oh, you know, like, and, and this is just, you know, I, there, my, I think my mom really loves when I'm doing domestic things. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and that's kind of funny to me on some level, but also I've learned that that's one way in which we can connect. There are some, there are lots of, lots of things in our lives on which, you know, we just are miles apart from making a connection yeah. with each other, you know. Um, but but this is one thing on which we can connect. And I've learned over the over the years that you know one of the things I want to make a priority is to nurture the things that we have in common, nurture the things that we can connect on. Mm-hmm. That's how you know I, I'm going to have a relationship with my mom. And so mm-hmm. this is one of those ways. So she was like thrilled that I was going to make a turkey dinner, and. Um, and so when I called her a couple of days, or like it was last, no, it was last week. I'm like, hey, I need to make a grocery list for Thanksgiving dinner. Can, <laughs> can you help me? And she's like, yeah. Like she was like genuinely jazzed about being able to help me like think about you know what I needed to buy at the store. And, and it was almost like we were doing it together and planning the same meal, Aww. you know? And in the process of discussing all this with her, she was also telling me how she's going she's gonna to spend Thanksgiving by herself. But she also went out and got herself a small turkey and she's going to make herself a little Thanksgiving meal. And it wasn't like, it was, none of it was like, oh, poor me, it's just me, it's just one Thanksgiving, you know, single turkey for one, you know. She wasn't dour about any of it. She was like, yeah, I'm going to do that too. Turkey for one sounds like the saddest Christmas song. <laughs> turkey for one, mm. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, she, she seemed genuinely okay with it, you know. And, Good. And I told her, I'm like, you look, I'm like, you're going to, I'm going to, you're going to, I'm going to have you on speed dial on Thursday as I'm making these dishes. And she's like, and she, it was cute. She was like, I would be honored to be on speed dial. <laughs> like, it was very sweet. And, you know, so like th- this is a different kind of Thanksgiving, but it, in some ways it's, it's opening up some new opportunities for connection with my mom that I'm really appreciating. And yeah. that's, that's going to be nice. Love it. So I thought it'd be interesting uh, if we each shared like a, Memories of Thanksgiving's past. Memories of Thanksgiving's past. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, I have two. You have two? Uh, I only have one. one, so go for it. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, so mine, my, I have two Thanksgiving memories. One is from 1999 and one's from 2003, and they're both significant in different okay. ways. The first one's kind of more fun. So okay. 1999, my entire life changed. Up until that point, I had been living with my college girlfriend, but after eight years, we decided to split up and go our mm-hmm. separate ways. You know, just wasn't a relevant relationship anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the my ex-girlfriend, like, moved across the country, which, by the way, all exes should do. Move 2,200 <laughs> miles away. So good. Don't really have to worry about things as much, you know? Are you going to see them around town with their new bow? No, you're not, because they're in Atlanta, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, my sister having just graduated college, moved to live with me. In San Francisco. In San Francisco. Like, she seamlessly, I mean, she was. it was only like a week's offset between uh, when, when Sarah moved out and my sister moved in. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the most fun. We lived together for four years and we had such a blast. It was just, we were out of control. It was debaucherous. It was really, <laughs> really, really fun. It was so fun. We were a force to be reckoned with. Uh, in that city at that time. But we had our first Thanksgiving together, sort of as young adults, uh-huh. in 1999, uh, because the split up had happened, uh, the move out had happened in like May, like late May. Okay. And then, you know, my sister moved in in uh, middle of June, early June. And then, you know, like 
five months later. And y'all didn't go home for Thanksgiving. You stayed in San Francisco. Well, yeah, because our home was, you know, 2,700 miles away or something right. like that. Just not a smart trip to make. Sure. Um, and so we stayed and we decided that we would be the house that had everybody over. Uh-huh. Because we were into partying and we all, we would routinely have like 20... 20- wait, wait. Were you partying like it was 1999? Oh, shit. <laughs> now that you mention it. Yeah. That was wow. a dumb joke and I acknowledge that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we were super into partying, like really hard. And so w- there would always be like 20 people at our house on a Friday or Saturday night anyway, you know what yeah. I mean? At like 2 a.m., you know, <laughs> like starting at 2 a.m., you know, that kind of partying. <laughs> so uh, we were like, we're going to have Thanksgiving. It'll be a Friendsgiving. Everyone will come over. And no joke, we had 20-something people in our house, like just a, an impossible number of people uh-huh. in our house. Yeah. Because it was just like a two-bedroom apartment. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but where we lived, there was plenty of parking, just on this it was up above the oh, Castro along, on a fluke just because like we were, it was sort of butted up into the side of a hill that just south of us was so steep you couldn't build houses on it. So there was all this street with no houses and so all our friends could drive over and park. Wow. It was the only place in the city you could really do that. Gold mine in San Francisco. It was a gold mine in San Francisco. Um, and so we did that. And so, you know, I mean, it, it was a kind of partying. Like, we started drinking at 10 a.m., you know what I mean? <laughs> started cooking at noon, right? That kind of thing. <laughs> cooking drunk Oh, at yeah. Noon. Well, we did everything drunk in those yeah. days. That's just how we rolled. Yeah. Um, have I mentioned I'm sober now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are the before times. So, you know, I mean, it was a kind of 20-person gathering that involves, you know, five bottles of whiskey, 200 oh, beers. Gosh. You know what I mean? Just everything everywhere. Over, like, garbage cans, just, like, neatly tied tied up and put by the door, but three of them hefty bag size, you know what I mean? Uh, And somewhere in there, so so, somewhere in there, uh, the kitchen back, the sink backed up, but like in the, in the, the kitchen sink backed up, but like so badly that like we couldn't plunge it out. Like we couldn't with the limited small snake we had snake it out. It subsequently two days later had to have like a professional come over with a hundred foot long snake. Oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. So suffice to say we had the dishes from cooking for and feeding 20 people, uh-huh. 20 drunk people, right? <laughs> and all the attendant extra mess that that creates yeah. and no functioning kitchen sink with which to clean it. Oh my gosh. And so my sister and I ended up doing all of those dishes uh-huh. in the tub. In the bathtub. In the bathtub. That was probably actually a better place to do all those dishes. I mean. A lot, lot more water space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But like, there's no clean place to put stuff. So you have to like wash one dish, rinse it individually, uh, hand it to me, who's drying. I go, put it away, come back. on the toilet. Yes, seriously. <laughs> it was so not Kinda high gross. class. Yeah. yeah. A little bit gross, a little bit weird. Because we were us, we had a spotless bathroom. So that's fun. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? well, it wasn't like good. We weren't cleaning stuff in a gross bathroom. I've always had an impeccable you could eat off at bathroom, which is good when you're actually using kitchen dishes in there. Yeah. Well, that is a, that's a, yeah, that's a plus. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's my Thanksgiving 1999. So memory. how about 2003? Well, why don't you do one? Oh, okay. Or sure. Or do you want me to no, do, do both and you Two years. Two years. You're, we're in Jamie land. Go for okay, it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, Flash forward four years. Uh, so that partying I was referring to in the previous story, 
didn't get better for me. It kept getting worse and, right. and more hardcore. Uh, and so flash forward to 2003, uh, my sister and her now husband, mm-hmm. JB, like the slightly higher of those two streets up the hill, like you could see the top of our house from his house. And we met at a local bar and now they're married and have three kids. And Yay! he's a, the best addition to our family. Yeah. Uh, just, you, you wouldn't think How that like- How about me? <laughs> sorry, just kidding. That's great point. <laughs> Second best, sorry, JB, Second best addition of the family. <laughs> Arguably first best addition of my sister's family. Okay, and he was here first, so. Yeah, it's true, yeah. it's true. Anyway. So, uh, <laughs> <I'm thinking laughs> so he uh, and my sister got real freaked out in like 2002 about like where I was headed and how I was acting oh, around the house. You yeah. know, I was just, I was becoming unhinged. Like I was becoming oh. unglued. Things were not going well for me. And so they moved in early 2003 to, uh, to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I had a series of very rapid succession of replacement roommates, none of whom lasted longer than like three months. Yeah. You know, um, either they came in like with the intention it was going to be short term or I freaked them out too and they left, yeah. you know. And I eventually had to get rid of that apartment under a bunch of duress, mm. like literally like moving out in the middle of the night, like oh. a one day decision, renting a U-Haul, like packing it, like like leaving at 10 in the morning, all strung out on cocaine, like still up for the night before, you know, just wow. really difficult, bad stuff. Um, and I moved into this uh, sort of big, gorgeous, drafty apartment in the Upper Haight that was sort of handed down to me by my girlfriend at the time. She had gone to live over by Alamo Square in this gorgeous one bedroom, uh-huh. and I had sort of inherited her room and her roommates. Uh-huh. The, uh, so I was there for Thanksgiving. The roommates all had plans and just took off for whatever various Friendsgivings, family Thanksgivings they were uh-huh. doing. I didn't have plans. Like, I had... <laughs> I had been invited to a couple of different Friendsgivings and I told uh-huh. each of them I was going to the other person's and I'm so sorry and I couldn't go and I just stayed home by myself because... You were trying to avoid I was social to, interaction? I was what? trying to avoid social interaction because I was just so strong out on drugs all the time that I was just didn't feel like I was good company because I, wow. I don't think I was good company. Yeah. You know? Like I was showing up places fucked up at one in the afternoon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like on drugs. Like wow. like on meth, like up the night before on meth, you know, mm-hmm. or or already like visibly drunk, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I knew that about myself. I was self-aware about it. So mm-hmm. I kind of just like pawned off both of those plans. And I spent Thanksgiving 2003 completely by myself in mm-hmm. this drafty third floor apartment with nobody there mm-hmm. and nobody around just looking out at empty streets through a bay window and smoking cigarettes and like mm-hmm. doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Like that's... That's all I did. Mm. It was so depressing. Mm. It was so sad. Um, you know, and I think back to that time. Do you? I do because, you know, when I, when I count my blessings and when I think of the things that I'm grateful for, yeah. I think of that moment because like I could, that could still be me. Yeah. You know, and I'm so grateful that it's not. I'm so yeah. grateful I had the opportunity to make a change. Yeah. You know, but I think it's an important touchstone for me, you know, in that same way that you were saying earlier that we should remember that these people who are dying right now of COVID are not numbers, they're not statistics. They are human beings whose lives impacted other people's lives. Yeah. You know, in the same way, I need to keep that memory of how I was in 2003 real close. Yeah. You know, because if I am not uh, watchful, Mm-hmm. If I'm not vigilant in my own life on a day-by-day basis, I'll end up there again. Yeah. You know? Well, and it was June of 2004 that you went to your first AA meeting, right? Yeah. So it was just like, what, seven, eight months? Seven, yeah. Seven months after that? Very, almost like six, yeah. six and a half, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was right there. Um, yeah, so it was really like I was at my, pretty much at my worst in that time, you know? Mm. 
Yeah. Mm. Thanks for sharing that. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, definite contrast, right? And like, that's the progression, you know, that that's how <laughs> alcoholism and drug addiction work, right? Like you have the joyful party Thanksgiving in 1999 right. and the very not joyful party Thanksgiving four years later, yeah. isolated, alone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So how about you? How about me? So I don't, you know, it's funny when we were thinking, when I was thinking about like, you know, memories of Thanksgiving's past, my predominant memory of Thanksgiving in my, in earlier parts of my life, uh, really don't have to do with the day of Thanksgiving at all. Mm. Um, but for as long as I can remember when I was a kid from very young age until, gosh, when did this, I think this tradition stopped uh, sometime, sometime just after I graduated college, maybe a couple years after I graduated college, mm-hmm. every single year on Thanksgiving weekend, we would go to my grandma's house. Which grandma? Uh, my grandma, Grandma Vi, mm-hmm. um, my my dad's mom. Mm-hmm. My, my my mom's mom passed away when I was two years. Oh, old. of course. Yeah. So um, I I knew that. <laughs> I, I thought you were just asking the question for the sake of the listeners who didn't know that. So you know. I'll, no. I'll let it. I'll let it slide. You shouldn't. My spotty memory will never be not spotty. Um, well, it's funny because like I never met her, so I don't really have met my own personal memories sure. of her. Like I have learned, like one might learn in like a, a high school history course, like I get Battle it. of Hastings. And the only thing you remember about Battle of Hastings is 1066. But do you remember who fought in it or like what it was about? No, you don't. And in the same way, like I remember that you had, of course, you had two grandmas. That's how biology works. Yeah, you know. But uh, you know, I knew that like the. Pre- Previous one died, obviously, because I never met her. But when did she die? Right. I, I didn't I, remember that. I totally that. get it. Totally. So. Get it. Anyway, so we went over my, to my grandma Vi's house, uh, and it, so we did, we would do Thanksgiving, and that was a great day, yay! But what I was really like the main event for me on Thanksgiving weekend was the Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving weekend when we would go to my grandma Vi's house and we would bake Christmas cookies. Oh heck and It was yeah. my mom and my grandma and my little sister and my aunt, and we would bake and bake and bake, and so. When I say we baked Christmas cookies, I this is not just like, oh, let's make a few cookies. Yeah. We made lots of cookies. How many is lots? Give me a number. Like I think that the our our number one year, or at least the one that I remember I think feeling like it was like the the largest number of cookies. We made five thousand cookies. Holy shit! It's a lot of cookies. And so, um, what we would do is like that's we, an alarming number of cookies. My, my, the adults would uh, would pick the the varieties we were going to make, and we we made like you know typically like twelve different kinds of cookies, um, all different kinds of Christmas cookies. Um, and we would spend Friday and Saturday uh, just slaving away in my grandma's tiny little kitchen um making you know all these different cookies and there was like the you know at the kitchen table was the was the well no first of all on the kitchen countertops was the like the batter mixing station so someone would be like mixing up the next you know batch of batter for the next kind of cookie and then like the kitchen table was like the 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 like the roll like the cookie rolling station or like you know whatever you know some cookies you take a little spoonful and you make them into a little ball and you put them on the cookie sheet some of them you like roll them out and cut them with like uh, cookie cutters you know and then put them on the cookie sheet Heck yeah. so the kitchen table was like the the putting them on the cookie sheet station. Wow. And then there was like other stations because a lot of the cookies, you have to do something to them afterwards. Like there was one that we put jam on at the end, you know, um, or we had to roll the finished product in powdered sugar or, you know. And so that was happening in the in the dining room right on adjacent to the kitchen. 
but all over in my grandmother's living room, like the entirety of her family room uh, and dining room adjacent was, was, you know, card tables laid out with cookie, with uh, cooling racks all over them. And like, so you would just like walk into the room and it was just like a sea of cookies, you know, wow. for two days we would bake, 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 bake. Like and the 10 year old in me is just imagining that. It's and just a like, lot wow. of, it was like our own little Santa's workshop kind yeah. of thing, you know, and Amazing. it was, so fun. And we would, you know... Did grandma have like pets and like like kitties around at the time? No, she didn't have pets at that time. Oh, that's she good. did later on in life yeah. when you, you know, when you met her. But Side she, note, grandma Vi had pets. Every pet she ever had was named Bootsy. Yeah. Dog, cat, <laughs> doesn't matter. Every single one was, was named Bootsy. She was, one Bootsy would die, she'd replace with another Bootsy. Moving forward. <laughs> yes, that's very sweet. Um, so anyway, so Cookie Weekend was the thing. And like it... it the tradition of Thanksgiving weekend was that. I mean, like I, you know, turkey, dinner, hooray, whatever. Let's just get to cookie day. Wow. Um, because, you know, all of our traditions there, you know, we would listen to Christmas music and we just had so, so much fun. So I assume these, these, this, this was after Thanksgiving. It was Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving. Right, okay. Every, you probably said that and I just Every year. Yep. Um, we would always get Taco Bell for lunch. Right I on. don't. I don't know why. Well, because you Actually, know it goes great with cookie making, diarrhea. <laughs> so I, I should I should preface that. Actually, Friday after Thanksgiving, we would usually have leftover turkey sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Saturday we would get Taco Bell for lunch, nice. and Saturday night we always had uh, pizza from this pizzeria in Lodi where my mom, my grandma lived, uh, Capri Pizzeria. Heck yeah! It was so good, and there was there will never be a pizza as good as Capri Pizza. Uh, because but, you know why. You will never be seventeen again. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe and so. Pizza is never as good as when you're seventeen. It was legit the best pizza I've ever had. Just a little mom and pop shop, you know. And so, like that, those that was my that from for all of my childhood and into the first part of my young adult years. That's what Thanksgiving meant to me was the time with the women in my family making Christmas cookies. And so what we would do, uh, uh, we would put them all when they were you know done cooling. We'd package them up into Tupperwares, you know, and we would divide them out between the three families. My my grandma, my aunt, and then my family would each get like a third of the cookies. And then we'd bring those home, put them in our freezer. And then when Christmas time got closer, we would pull out all of those thousands of cookies and we'd plate them uh, and then wrap them in cellophane. And we would go deliver um our, our famous Christmas cookies to wow. friends all over town. And that was also a, a fun part of the tradition. Wow. But of course that happened much later during, you know, closer to Christmas. Man. So that, that's, that's what Thanksgiving is to me. And I think that- Shannon was in the paper for this, y'all. That's right. I forgot to mention that, that one year, the Lodi Sentinel- <laughs> <laughs> The Lodi Sentinel? The Lodi Sentinel uh, found out about our tradition and they came, I think it was in high school, when the like early high school days, they came and they did a story on us and took photos of our- um, Your operation. Our cookie baking operation. And we were were in the paper. Yeah. Man, that's pretty cool. It was, it's, it's, it's a really lovely memory, you know, and, um, and, you know, my grandma has, has, you know, she passed away a couple of years ago. Um, and, and the tradition stopped many years ago. Um, you know, my, my parents were divorced when I was in my mid twenties and that was, you know, a, the, the family sort of had a, a bit of a, a split then, you mm-hmm. know, because of that, that, uh, that divorce. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I don't have relationships with, with, um, you know, uh, 
some of the people there, you know, anymore, not as close as we used to be, yeah. you know, and so things have really changed, but that still remains a very fond memory for me. And I'm really grateful for that, that time in my life. Love it. Yeah. So should we, uh, speaking of what we're grateful for. Yeah. What we're thankful for. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's. It's end. late grateful, but because it's Thanksgiving week, it's thankful. That's right. That's right. Let's, yeah. let's end with that. Uh, Today. Great. Let's end with, uh, did you make a little list? And I, I did. I made a little list also. You want to go back and forth? Sure. Or, I don't know. How do you want to do it? Well, how do you want to do it? Go ahead. Start with one. Okay. Um, well, I've just been talking. You start first. Okay. Mine are a list, but, you know, they kind of flow into each other. I, okay. almost did, I, I did it kind of gratitude list style. There's different ways to do gratitude lists. Okay, yeah. And I've really been learning a lot about this lately just because I've recently had a very intentional practice of doing gratitude lists. Yeah. Some sober buddies from uh, uh, my group back in LA, my men's group back in LA. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them had the brilliant idea a couple of months ago to start like a text chain gratitude list. How great. That's just an ongoing text thread and we just all each chip in each day with what we're grateful for. It's daily. Yeah. Cool. That's a theory of it, you know. Uh, some of us are better than others about it, you know. Like I'll look up sometimes and be like, shit, it's been three days, you know. Mm. I tend, I think, to do about five a week. I'm pretty good about it, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know. I've done one every day for at least the last week. Cool. You know, but, you know, it depends. But, you know, it's, you know, some people dip out and then come back. It's nice. Yeah, that's great. Um, so there's different ways to do it. They can be disconnected things or connected things. And yeah. I kind of did the connected things style. Okay. Um, because it's all just one feeling of gratitude that I have. I just feel very, very lucky in this season uh, because, because you and I are safe and secure. You know yeah. what I mean? In a time when a lot of people really aren't. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I, I've been open on this podcast about the idea that I'm wrestling with some survivor's guilt around that. You know, yeah. this idea like, why me? Why do I deserve? You know, I'm no more deserving than any other person on the face of this planet. Why am I in a comfy, warm house? Yeah. You know, and, and okay, you know, mm -hmm. when other people aren't. It's just, it feels arbitrary and cruel, yeah. but I am thankful that I am, you know, that, that I'm safe and secure in this time. I just wish that more people were. Same. Um, you know, you and I took a financial hit this year, but we're going to be okay. And mm -hmm. I feel very grateful for that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's due in large part to our amazing community. And that's the final thing on my list of what yeah. do I feel grateful for? The thing, the single thing I feel the most grateful for is our amazing community. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're a source of joy to us yeah. always and have been for years. But this year they also became a source of life-sustaining support. Yeah. And like... You know, it's easy to like have a fundraiser and then be like, it was successful. And then people see us just continuing to do the things we've always done. And I'm sure it can feel very abstract. Mm. It has not felt abstract to me on the inside no. of it. You know what I mean? I was not certain in March whether you and I, you know, come November would be in a position where we would still be living in the house we're living in. Like yeah. it would have been entirely probable that we would have fallen just hopelessly behind on our mortgage and had to default on it, you know, right. and been evicted from our home, foreclosed upon. Like all yeah. of those things were on the table yep. for me in March. Like I yep. was not sure at all yep. how any of this was going to play out. And the reason you and I are doing as, you know, as okay as we're doing is it's entirely because of this amazing community of people who's yeah. like stepped in to pitch in to help us keep going. Yeah. You know? Um, and I'm very, very, very grateful for that. I'm grateful that the things that you and I do in the world merit that kind of joyful mm. support. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, it's very humbling to me. Yeah, for sure. Very, very humbling. So, uh, you know, anyone who's listening to this, who is part of our supportive community, um, who is one of those people who are supporting us uh, via our Misfit Star support community, thank you. I mean, you have made the gratitude that I feel right now possible, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I'm overwhelmed by it, uh, a lot. And I am very, very grateful to you. 
So thank you. Yeah, you know, this isn't on my list specifically, but I, I think attached to what you're saying, um, because of the way in which uh, this community has come around us to support us this year, I'm also grateful for the opportunities that that has given us to um, imagine new things that we can do within this community. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the the this year required us to 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 try to, you know, uh, broaden that base of support, you yep. know, in order to survive. And and then that, that happened. But then once that those people arrived to, you know, be here and, and be part of this with us, the the arrival of all those folks gave us such a great opportunity to to think up new ways to make connections with them and and facilitate connections between them yeah. with each other. And uh, like really it opened up so many new things that I love about our work and our life and our community that wouldn't have existed had all this not happened. Yeah. You know, which yep. is pretty Absolutely. Neat. And as an offshoot of that also, like the uh, opportunities they've afforded us in our work to broaden the work that we do, yes. not with them, but with other people. Uh-huh. Like all the mentorship stuff that I get to do that you get to do, yeah. you know? Like I, I just added, we just added another young woman to that roster a few days ago. Yeah. We didn't even talk about this yet in this podcast, but hey, stars, check this out. Like there's this brand new person in our orbit. Uh, she is a uh, 22-year-old music production student yeah. at Millican University, which is in Southwest Central uh, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And she is learning how to produce and mix records. And also learning how to figure out how to how to build community around the songs that she writes and the, wor- the, the yeah. work she creates. And so Shannon's mentoring her on the latter. I'm mentoring her on the former. I mean, we're cross-pollinating yeah, that stuff, but uh, but yeah, it's amazing. Like we're able to pour, we're going to be able to pour some of ourselves on an ongoing basis into this young woman who, I mean, she's graduating from school in three weeks. <laughs> she's on an offset semester kind of thing. So she's graduating like, you know, mid-December uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, when, when the semester ends here. And then she's just going to be out there in the world in the middle of a freaking pandemic, which is really interesting, right? Like, like all the things I would normally tell someone in her position, like go get a live, get, go get a live sound gig, start a band. You know what I mean? Those are, <laughs> those two are things, off the table. Those are the two things I would tell someone in that position. You can't do either of them. Neither of those things are happening right now. So like we're helping her brainstorm new ways to conceive of and engage community. And also like on my end, I'm going to start mentoring her in like, she needs to learn how to mix. She's right. like, she's good at tracking by her self-assessment. She's good at tracking, mm-hmm. but she's not yet up to speed on mixing. She doesn't fundamentally understand like how the signal flow goes, how the level balances go. Oh, that's my wheelhouse. Yep. I can teach that to her very yeah. easily. Yeah. And so we're going to, and yeah. it's so exciting. Thank yeah. you, stars. You're making that happen. Totally. Yeah, it's cool. So good. So how about you? So I have three things on my list. Wow. Um, one, the first thing that, that came to my mind uh, was I'm, I'm also thankful for our home. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, throughout this entire year, uh, I, I, I've been daily grateful that we have a, a place that I love to be, you yeah. know, that's safe and comfortable and uh, a place I enjoy being um, to to be during this time, you know. I, honestly, a day does not go by when I don't, I think I probably say it out loud most days, or I'm like, I love our house, yeah. you know, or I yeah. love this aspect of our house or what, you know, yeah. like just, I, I really genuinely feel grateful that that this is where I get to live. Yep. Um, I, yeah, it's and, this and weird, it's, like, like Goldilocks kind of like, shrinky dink like size changing house like it's small it's objectively pretty small <laughs> but it feels huge it yeah totally. i don't know why like 
I, I feel, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a fancy place. And, uh, but I feel like I'm living in absolute abundance here. Yep. And um, so that, that's number one on my list. Um, really, really grateful for my home. Um, the second thing that came to mind, I was, I was thinking about, you know, what really, what am I really thankful for right now? And the thing that came to my mind was that I'm, I'm really, really thankful for the people in my life who, as Brene Brown would say, are in the arena. Yeah. And, and these are people who are, you know... Really, that's as Teddy Roosevelt would say. That's true. As, as Brene Brown quoting Teddy Roosevelt would say. Yeah. Thank you for that, yeah. But the idea of peop- the people who are engaged in their lives, putting themselves on the line... Doing the work. Doing the work to grow and learn and strive to be better human beings. Not sitting on the sideline commentating or taking pot shots. <laughs> yeah. Like actually in there doing the work. Exactly. You know, because... Um, and it's sometimes very hard and messy ways. You know, that's sure. not, it's not easy work to to do. Um, but I'm 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 thankful for those people in my life that I see doing those things um, because it it it's an encouragement to me, and that, that, that's what I want to be doing also. So it's a continual encouragement to me to stay in the arena, to stay in the ring. Yeah. You know, um, and also I feel like the folks that are in the arena doing that work are the kinds of people that also give me the space to do that hard and messy work yeah. also you know like when you're when you're engaged in that kind of way um you understand that that you don't get it right the first time and that there's lots of questions and there's lots of you know a couple steps forward one step back mm-hmm. you know um so i'm really grateful for those people in my life and you know that the, the, this ranges from um you know personal friendships to the people in our misfit stars community there's so many folks like that <laughs> in our misfit stars community you know that that are living that kind of life and so i'm really i'm really grateful like i that when i think about folks doing that kind of work and being in that kind of engaged in mm-hmm. life. That's what I, like, I, I really, it really jazzes me. <laughs> you know, like, these are the kind of people I want to be around and that I do get to be around these people is really awesome. Yeah. You know, it, it makes my life rich mm-hmm. and fulfilling and, and not static. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I really, really, Love and love that, and I'm thankful for those people. And um, and the the, the the third thing on my list is um, is you and you're Me? you're one of those people too. You know, I I feel really thankful for the fact that I'm partnered with somebody who also cares about learning and growing mm. and striving to be a better human. You yeah, know? that's not true of every relationship. You know, it's not no. it's not true that that two people who are partnered together are both growing, you know? Yeah, and, that's true. You know, the, the fact that you are, uh, I don't take that for granted, you know? That- yeah, I mean, we have, uh, you know, we, we had a conversation just a few days ago, like with a friend who very clearly like is outgrowing their partner. And that's like, I'm so glad that's not us. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Yeah. Like I, I I feel like our, our relationship um will remain alive as long as that is a feature yeah, right. of each of our personal lives, mm-hmm. you know? Um, 
So yeah, you you are thank you, sweetie. You are the the daily presence in my life of somebody who's in the arena and encourages me to mm. stay in it, and I really appreciate that. And thank you, that's awesome. Not not just that though, like you bring laughter into my life every single day. I did not laugh as often as I do now before I met you. It's because mostly I'm still twelve. No, it's because you're fun. It's because you're <laughs> you're it's it's because you you care about injecting um, levity into. <laughs> daily existence and I mm. I get to benefit from that and it's wonderful Aww. and also um you you offer so much support to me as a human mm. and as an artist um and I am so thankful for that but also I'm thankful for the opportunity to support you in those things too yeah you know like I really love supporting you Aww. and I'm thankful for the opportunity to, to be able to do that um and and, and, for, and to also learn from you how to do that because I think you are absolutely the most generous person that I know mm. and um and so to to get to follow your lead you know in in giving generous support I really love doing that mm. with you well and thank you so well that means it. a lot sweetie thanks sure I love it I love you too. I love you too. Aww. Well, people, is everyone barfing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think? Are we good? See, only a 12 year old would say, is everyone barfing? Yeah, right. But I loved it. Thank you. Yeah. I needed that. <laughs> Aww, right on. Well, people, hey, thank you for spending this last hour with us. Uh, we would love to know what you're thankful for. Uh, I know it's a challenging time and a difficult year, but you know what? I think that especially given the symbolism of this week, uh, you know, I think that it would be great. You know, I would encourage you, even if things are rough right now, like yeah. don't focus on the rough stuff right now. Focus on the stuff you're thankful for. Even if your life is just a nightmare right now, mm -hmm. there is for sure one thing that you can think of to be thankful for. And I would really encourage you to focus on that. Yeah. I'll just tell you in my own like spiritual well-being regimen, like, mm -hmm. Gratitude is at the absolute top of the list. And specifically mm -hmm. in times when things aren't going well, it's what helps me get a broader perspective and feel like I have a path forward and can lift myself up out yeah. of those feelings, yeah. you know? So that's what I want for you, people, if you're listening to this. Uh, I want you to give yourself that little gift this week. That's a great idea. So if Post you, it in the group. If you are a Misfit Stars member uh, and you are in the Facebook, and you're on, you're on the Facebook. Um, <laughs> but yeah, post, let's, like, we can even start a gratitude thread there, um, perhaps, or if you you feel like just posting it yourself. Thankfulness, this week. That's right, that's right. Th a thankfulness thread. Yeah. Um, let's do that. That's a really good idea. On the uh, the Misfit Stars tip, Yes. Uh, we are also this week going to be sending out um, uh, a call for listener questions. Oh, yeah. So uh, For the keep, podcast. For the podcast, yes. So keep an eye out for that. Basically, um, we're going to give you an opportunity to ask me and Jamie questions yeah. that you have. Uh, that we will answer on the podcast. Yeah. Um, it could be about really any topic at all. So yeah. um, so, so start thinking. I'll address the most obvious question first. 20 push-ups every day, but I could do more. <laughs> and are you implying the question is, why is Jamie so buff and handsome? I'm not even sure what the question is. I just want to get out there. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was imagining the question would be, how many push-ups can you do, really? Oh. It was just a much dumber question. Oh, okay, got it, got it. So there you go. I was trying to imagine a good meat-heady kind of question. Let your wheels start turning on questions. Um, we will pick ones that uh, we believe we can answer on the podcast, and we will do that yeah. in the coming weeks. So um, that's it. Uh, again, if you want to become a part of this Misfit Stars community. Love that. Um, that's a, love it. That's a really good inclination that you have there, mm-hmm. and you should do that. Nurture it. Give yourself the gifts of Miss, uh, Misfit Stars this holiday season. <laughs> that sounded like a jewelry commercial. Right? Yeah. Uh, what is it? Every, every kiss every starts with kiss K. Every begins with K. Yeah, right. begins with K, yeah. <laughs> right? So and in that spirit, every Misfit Star begins with you. Right. I like it. Huh? Uh, the way you do that is you go to misfitstars.com slash join and you join up. Uh, it's, a, it's a small dollar monthly patronage subscription supporting the work that Jamie and I do in the world and also getting yourself entry into the most amazing community on planet Earth, uh, the Misfit Stars. So misfitstars.com slash join. Um, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Yeah. I hope that you have a good Thanksgiving. Me too. And um, we will be back again next week with more. Uh, But until then, take good care of yourselves. Yeah, we love you guys. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.